0: you know what it's like to be on the bill and to play for 15 minutes and the only people there to see you are the other bands and their girlfriends?
1: Welcome to the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast where we talk about all the crazy things that happen here in the, the Buffalo music scene to our local independent musicians. I am joined by Miss Cassidy Dwan. Hi, Hi, Cassidy. I miss my sound machine, Ryan. Oh, uh, oh, where is it? (laughs) It's gathered dust without you being here, but- uh, No,
2: we're not together uh, for um, me to push button. Right, I can be my own sound machine. Very good. Well, thanks for joining us, Cassidy.
1: (laughs) So um, on today's episode, we are going to talk with Marty Borton, the uh, booking guy of, uh, for Mohawk Place. He's going to talk about how he got in that position. Um, he's going to give kind of a few ideas for bands who are looking to get into Mohawk Place. He's also going to talk about um, all the bands he's dealt with there, uh, kind of the different ways that Mohawk Place has been open. I, didn't, I don't think I really realized that, it, it, that the backstage wasn't always open until he started talking about that during the interview
2: right no i, I was a little surprised by conversation that conversation marty can be eye-opening and he he truly is like the man
1: about t- he's he really you know. is so you'll hear about that and you'll also have, he's also going to talk about uh trent reznor and his 1980s flock of hair uh, flock of seagulls hairstyle great. So, great. if nothing else gets you riveted hopefully that will um we're also going to play uh new music from Newspeak, speak p3 p3 but uh, first yeah, uh, no. you need a drop right there. Is what we need. We need a butt first drop. So we were both at Milky's on Saturday. I performed and did sound, and you concert went. Uh, I did. I did. How was your? Uh, was that your first post-COVID concert experience?
2: I mean, as a non-employee, I've been doing my my employedness in some concert type live music. I would say that was my first attending. A concert, yeah, of my own choosing to see something that, here's something that I'd enjoy. Yes. You know, and Milky's is a strange case study in our social distancing because it wasn't as though anyone was really close to each other. Everyone did their best in mask wearing. I didn't see any stupidity. You know, and I said to my friend Erica, who I brought to the show as well, um, you know, it's cleaner there. Than it was prior to COVID.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure.
2: For Milky's, man.
1: Yeah, no, I uh, I thought something was going to go wrong or someone was going to be a problem. And I, I went is, I mean, honestly, it probably went more easily than some other nights I've had at Milky's. So I was really happy about that for right now. Um, Milky's bringing it. Has, he had two security guards there last time. I don't know if that's going to be uh, kind of what they do for now until the rules change a little bit or if that's what they're going to be going with. But uh, they're basically just there to make sure people are uh, social distancing properly. So sure. it seems like he's on his game. And uh, the show was awesome. Uh, uh, oh, my God, Milky's was so hot. Like, it was probably really warm when you got there. But, like, when I was there, it was like – Hey, um, why aren't the ceiling fans on? Yikes. And then we got that going. And then at one point I'm like, can we turn up the AC? And even then, like, I was on my second shirt by the time my set started. And, like, I'm just, like, there, I, there was so much sweat by midway through the set that I tried, like, using my, my forearm to, like, wipe off my, <laughs> the sweat. But my, my, my forearm was just as sweaty as my head was, and it accomplished nothing. It was just, like, slid off, basically.
2: That sounds disgusting. Yep, now, it was. Your first comment, I said, how are you? And he says, I'm on my third shirt, but I'm doing well. Right. Um, you know, while I didn't catch your set, and I'm sorry, I did see our other two bands that were playing the Laos Coutures from- Yes, from New York City. Uh, you know, really something. I loved their- I loved the voice in the music. There was a lot of socio-political commentary and rock kind of punk spirit- it was a, a great energy, and, uh, you know, it made me – I like when I hear someone singing as the front of a band that's loud. I mean, they're three-piece, right? Yep. So this girl um, – who's the lead singer? What's her name?
1: I actually don't know their names off the top of no, my head. Oh,
2: Ryan. My goodness. So the lead singer, the Tears, um, I like that I could hear her so – distinctly i could hear her words you know yes and something that is hard to come by actually you know you can you can get the energy of a band you can get the feel of their music and the sound of their music and not hear a freaking word <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> you know per, per the website her name is Ginger vale. One Ginger Vale was
2: cool with me man yeah and she had like the um harley quinn shirt going on
1: there yeah.
2: was there was a lot of punk I got,
1: like a, I got kind of a Misfits vibe from the music. I got kind <laughs> of a Debbie Harry vibe from what she was bringing.
2: And then they broke into their cover song. Their only cover song oh, yeah. was Be My Baby, Be My Little Baby. And I was like, oh, we're doing like some little Shirelles kind of punk mm-hmm. popping on this evening.
1: I almost thought her voice kind of had a little Shirelles in it itself, though, so I thought that was kind of uh, uh, apropos.
2: Well, it, w- it was like a back to the brill building songwriting like there there is a moment there where i was like oh this is like so um you know it was nice to see the juxtaposition of that song cookie cutter um with the with the, the punk edge it was cool
1: yeah and then model right yes muddle. Which is, which is loud man oh man they they just they did there are a a out of control juggernaut of punk sounds and it doesn't matter if (laughs) it doesn't matter if your venue is ready for it no they were they put on a great set they were very loud um ethan's a loud drummer and that's just kind of one of the Issues you have with I have beat the shit out of drums. I used to beat the shit out of drums, so I can't really complain about it.
2: No, I've certainly worked with and booked bands who had that same kind of feel, and that would be the constant criticism: is man, they just can't play to a room. Like I can hear Kurt in my ear, They're <laughs> just too loud, man. They're just too loud, and uh, you know it doesn't really even speak to the musicianship, the, the loud or whatever, because they have songs that muddle that I, that I recognize and enjoy, but I oh, yeah. enjoy it better from like just outside the door with a little bit of a muffle from, I, I don't know. Um, again, the, the crowd, there was, there was yeah, we there had, a lot in the room.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we had, uh, we ended up with a uh, 23 people paid total. So, and then when you uh-huh. include the, the bands and people in and out, I think that's a pretty successful first day back, time back from COVID for Milky's. So I think it went really well.
2: For milkies is one thing. And in a space like that to social distance properly with the groups that were there to tell you the truth, I don't know what their capacity is. And I don't know what a quarter or 25% of the capacity as a venue, as a bar, uh, maybe it does have restaurant uh, because they do serve food there.
1: The, the the capacity for the main room is 29 plus whatever's in that pool room. Sure. Which they hadn't figured out before, which is why that was kind of made to be like a band area per se.
2: Right. So, no, but you have your merch out there. I did like to see the security guards. That was and yeah, it was there. nice. The bar stools were spaced out. I, I mean, it's yeah. milky. It was good.
1: It was nice yeah. to be out. So i think they did a good job i've heard um uh brendan in the strangest ways and grace stumberg played mohawk place uh right. which we're going to be talking to marty about um a, a special note to the cowboy on chippewa which uh just got closed down
2: oh the cowboy oh no i mean yeah. I've never heard of the cowboy were they like riding the bucking bronco or something and
1: what Too many so- people, not enough masks. Uh, some of the staff members weren't wearing masks.
2: They were playing Big Buck Hunter or whatever you do at the cow. I don't know what you do at the Cowboy. Were there, there was- it's, like, it's like a
1: dance club, I think. Like, you'd think it's a gay club with that name, and but it's not. It's I guess it's like a dance club. It used to be the Atomic. I used to like playing there, and then yeah. now it's got that dopey sign out front. But uh, it doesn't sound like they're going to be open anytime soon. Yeah. So, uh,
2: Mm-hmm. No, you don't want to see anybody getting shut down. And as far as the rules and concerns, they're, they're true concerns. And the rules are coming at you from the state liquor authority, coming at you from the health department, and obviously instructed um, by the county. And there, there's regulations for a good reason. But I do hope that for the sake of culture, dear God, we can sustain our
1: venues. Yes. Well, I think a part of that is staying vigilant when we're in those venues. Right. So the government doesn't shut them down, and so we don't get all sick all over again and have to start closing things down again. So, Ain't that the truth. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's play a song. When we're going to play a song, and then we're going to go into an interview with Mr. Bart- Marty Boratin from Mohawk Place. Um, Newspeak just put out a new song. Our wonderful editor, Mr. John Galbo. Um, I like everything about it he's He's poetic uh, yeah he's he's actually had been playing me like kind of different versions leading up to like his final version so I've been kind of giving him some thoughts and stuff on it and um, I think it's a really sweet track actually it's uh, man I'm, I'm feeling something just thinking about it it's just kind of a track about you know love and meeting each other and all that stuff and I get this, like, kind of, like, electronic They Might Be Giants vibe from the way he sings it, and I love that. I love that. There's a one They Might Be Giants song, it's called Am I Awake, and it's just, like, this obscure song they did, but I heard him do his, the magic, and then I thought about that, and I'm like, I can almost see, like, parallels between these, and that's another great compliment. So, so what is this track that we're playing? It is called Magic. Love it. So, um, yeah, folks, check out New Speak up next. With magic here on the Struggle Is Real Buffalo Music Podcast on wnymusic dot com. Are back on the Struggle Is Real Buffalo Music Podcast on Wnymusic.com. That track was The Magic by uh Newspeak, who, in addition to making that track, is also our wonderful editor. Next up, we have a man. I may I, I keep a list of like potential guests coming up, and you have been on that list for a really long time, so I'm glad to have you on. We have Marty Boratin from Mohawk Place. I'm glad to be on, finally. Awesome. So, what's your official title at Mohawk Place?
3: Uh, my official title is booking guy. Booking guy. All right. I've never liked the term talent buyer. It just freaks of industry.
1: (laughs) So, um, so you're a geologist by day? Um, Archaeologist. Archaeologist. So how did the music thing happen in addition to that, doing that? Oh, I've been into
3: music, um, well my i went to st mary's high school in Lancaster, and we had a uh, you know 10 watt fm radio station i was involved in ended up being the music director there and um our chief engineer was kind of a whiz with uh tweaking things so we had some kind of booster antenna on the roof and uh yeah we were having regular listeners in canada and uh, Niagara Falls and, you know, as far away as Fredonia and Batavia and places. So, wow. and, uh, you yeah, know, that was in the seventies and, you know, we we're playing early punk rock bands and from there and ended up uh, going to UB, got involved with the, uh, you know, carrier current radio station there. And, uh, I did, uh God, three or four semesters of independent study with Gary Storm, who did the legendary Oil of Dog late-night radio show in Buffalo, and then was uh, music director at a couple of uh, FM stations in the 70s and 80s here. And, uh, you yeah, know, eventually uh, started working in record stores, and uh, I worked at Play It Again, Sam, and Home of the Hits, and Record Theater, and New World Record. And just when you're working in record stores, you know, back in those days, you had a lot of labels who were... You know, contacting the indie stores and, you know, saying, Hey, I've got this band, the replacements, they're looking to, you know, go on tour in your neck of the woods. You guys think you can find a place for them? sure. We'd love to book the replacements. (laughs) Sure. and things just, you know, I was booking stuff in the Nietzsche's for a while. And, uh, Marshall Glover, who was a long time, uh, promoter in the area, he was the first manager of 10,000 Maniacs. Um, he had a place called Marshall's on uh, main street, uh, near the old Maine and Lafayette record theater. And, uh, you know, we were booking stuff in there for a while. And, you know, eventually when they, when that place closed, uh, I was doing stuff in, the. Nietzsche's and then when pete corone bought uh mohawk place in 1990 some of the people who worked at uh, Nietzsche's uh you know kind of shifted over there and uh since he just had a a crappy little six channel diy board uh there was no charge for sound so uh, (laughs) that makes a big difference for uh, touring bands when you know the first 150 dollars isn't uh you know, coming out of the door to pay for the sound man. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, we had a lot of, you know, major label up and coming acts come through that were, you know, playing on the old small stage before we uh, opened up the back room there and, you know, bands like the uh, White Stripes, the, uh, Black Keys and, um, you know, bands that had been around for ages, like the Mekons, and, uh, ended up playing that front stage and uh, I, by that time, I actually had my, uh, you know, college degree in use as an archaeologist. And I reached a point where I, you know, just couldn't handle, you know, 40-hour-a-week day job, you know, most of which would be out of town, uh, combined with a 50-hour-a-week a part-time job that, you know, paid negative dollars. So, uh yeah, I kind of turned the reins over to uh, several other people over the years, but I still you know, kept, uh, you know, doing like the weekly press releases and email blasts and things, which I could do from anywhere and, Mm -hmm. and didn't involve being on, you know, well back then being on the phone for, you know, 10 hours a week. Sure. So, and then, uh, you know, Pete sold the place and somebody else bought it and pretty much ran it into the ground in the course of a year and a half. Uh, where it closed uh, due to an unfortunate stage diving accident. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, then Rick Black brought it in 2014. Um, I think it was 2014. And, uh, you know, I didn't know him well. I knew who he was just from, you know, his dad owned Electric Avenue, and then okay. he took over Electric Avenue. And, uh, you know, mutual friends, you know, got us together and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll help get things up and running again until we find somebody who can do it.
1: And here I am <laughs> doing 50 hour a week, part-time jobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. So have, are you a musician yourself? No, no, no. Nope. Never played fan. anything in my life.
3: Yeah. Uh, my late wife, Susan Tanner was a musician. Uh, uh she went to, college for sciences and uh but she was also a uh, minor in uh music and she always hmm. uh, had the choral group at uh god what's the college um uh, allegheny college in meadville pennsylvania and uh she was good friends with trent resner in fact uh Susan oh, wow. best friend yeah you know, our maid of honor of their wedding uh dated trent for several years and susan's sister uh dated somebody else who was in Trent's band back the time. The name of his college band is escaping me, but I've got photos of him with, like, Flock of Seagulls, like, Hair News.
1: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> From his new wave cover band. <laughs> oh, I wish you had footage of that. That's why I think every, you know, we have the technology now. Everything at venues should just be taped, just for posterity's sake, and, nothing else.
3: Um, that's one thing the Continental had going for it. They videotaped pretty yeah. much every show, and... I think John Lombardo is actually the person who ended up with all the old VHS tapes just by dumb luck, just from wow. somebody giving them somebody to giving
1: them to somebody. And, uh, no, yeah. I like, for me, one of the great examples I give to musicians about the, like, you're okay. It's okay if you suck at first, that's going to happen. And was showing them those Google Goo dolls videos from like 1983. Well, just, I think it's a great example of, you have to start somewhere because you kind of see where it went and where it evolved. And now they're, probably rolling in mattresses with dollar bills. And speaking of, hey, Cassidy, I see you've joined us. Hi, Hi Cass.
3: How are you?
2: What do I have to do with Google Dolls and dollar bill mattresses?
3: I, you
1: tell us.
2: Great to see you. Yeah, you
3: too. It looks like you're outside. It's nice. <laughs> Whenever I do something like this, I try to do it on my porch, too. I've actually been doing Zoom and now Jitsi, which is way easier to deal with than zoom um but i've got uh, a bunch of old friends of mine we've been meeting like once mo- almost once a week uh for god two or three months now and cool. uh, you know old roommates of mine old college friends and uh most of us you know would meet up at south by southwest every year right uh, you know we were all set to meet up again this year and then you know everything in the entire country was canceled
2: So weird that they're going to have to play everything so tentatively, and especially when you're looking at touring bands, when you're going across state lines and the the rules are different in each place, um, you know, I, I wonder as venues, what kind of subsidies and insurances there are for the money that you anticipated making and bringing in.
3: Well, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there's this new group called the National Independent Venue Association, NIVA, N-I-V-A for short, and uh, they've been on top of this campaign for, uh, um, you know, loans and things for uh, independent venues because it's, you know, it's going to close a lot, a lot of venues if yeah. you know they can't have any performances for, uh, you know, six months a year and uh a
2: it great season
3: yeah yeah Mohawk's yeah. lucky that you know Rick owns the building and he right. owns you know the building with electric Avenue next door and he has rental income coming in from the apartments upstairs from that sure. so you know that's a big help but there's a lot of places that uh, are just renting the space and uh, you know with zero income coming in and you've got to pay Uh, your taxes on it. You have to pay your liquor license on it. Um, I've got a good friend of mine in Austin who owns two bars down there. Um, The one bar, he owns the building. So it's not too bad for that. But the other bar, uh, you know, he doesn't. And yeah, he's paying outrageous Austin rents and, you know, they were glad that they could finally uh, reopen last month, but now everything's shut down again. Right. So, uh, you know, thankfully, his other bar is, you know, classified as a restaurant because they do more than 50% of the business in food sales and uh, it's helping, but uh, I haven't talked to him in a few weeks, but that's uh, got to be rough. Um, I've actually got a act from Austin on the calendar for, I think, like October. And, you know, right now it's like, you know, if you're coming in from Texas, you've got to quarantine for
1: two weeks. Right. So I have no idea how that's going to. Or how does that
2: work? Touring.
1: Yeah, I've, I've yet to hear anyone explain how that's going to be properly enforced. Um, it's it's
3: not going to work for uh, touring yeah. bands. I can I can tell you right now.
2: Yeah, well, and that's how they're making their their art and their living. And I don't understand how it's going to happen virtually without the live performance. And when you look at selling merch and making your your fan mm-hmm. base bigger and w- without touring, you're...
3: well, and there's you know other venues in town like Babeville, Where, you know, they do a lot of shows, which brings in money, but they also, you know, do a lot of weddings in there. And they lost all that business. Absolutely. And that's got to be hurting them big time. I haven't talked to anybody over there in a couple months. And I, you know, help out at shows there frequently.
2: Sure. And then as far as nationally Book tours and the rescheduling of that, and all of the people that are working to make that happen. Uh, you know, even with your stagehand unions and everything else, the show not going on affects such a, a trickle down. Um, you know, it's one thing to think about Mohawk Place coming out under a rock and and we're back and we're okay, but you wonder how larger venues and and you know that's big money gone.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's that's huge money.
2: I don't know what do you what do you think the future of it is marty i mean in interim what are your sources for well
3: i think that this thing is gonna die out eventually right uh, you know of course you know several hundred thousand people are gonna die in the process but uh, uh i think things will be able to you know open up but you know there's but gonna be a lot of venues
2: shoulder to shoulder standing uh, outside for I a think, free show sponsored by. i think
3: eventually but yeah you know that may be a year maybe two years away before yeah, uh, that happens
2: right even that in western new york how many free concert series type events bring money through and uh you know crowds spending yeah. their dollars like you know concerts are a big deal here and we only get this season really <laughs> for that kind of stuff
3: oh yeah you know, thankfully with uh, global warming um we'll, we'll have our season extended i'm sure
2: what do you think about festivals and is it safer like you're you're obviously not an epidemiologist or anything but in in my opinion it would be safer for people throwing festivals for gatherings to be outside if you were doing a concert series in open air yeah
3: you know, out, um, outside is much better you know, just because you know air is moving and uh any, uh, viruses, you know, less likely to, uh, be infecting anybody if it's, you know, being dissipated almost immediately. Um, and I'm assuming people would still be needing masks at least for the near future.
2: Well, even to not talk about the money and just talk about the culture that we're lacking by not being able to have these gatherings and concerts, um, you know, even if it's the town band playing at a band shell or the BPO playing at the botanical gardens, there's so much enjoyment that comes from that that I I know we're all on the same page and hoping yeah. it comes back sooner than later. So sad to miss a whole season of it. And uh I know that you host concerts in your yard and host concerts in your home. Um did you have things that you were booked
3: to, to uh, do? I did. I had uh, Steve Wynn from the Dream Syndicate, uh, who I've known for, Jesus, 30 years. And uh, everyone. <laughs> it was. Uh, I was supposed to have a uh, house show with him in April. And the whole tour was canceled, naturally. And, you know, we were looking to reschedule in October, but I'm still not sure if that's going to happen. Right. Uh, if it's... Yeah. I could do it because October it's nice enough where we can do it outdoors and oh, yeah. right. I I live out on the Eden, Hamburg, Boston crossroads and I've got like an acre, so you know, the performers are on the porch, you know, the crowd spreads out in the lawn and I've got a fourteen acre hay field behind my house. So there's right. plenty yeah. of room for social distancing. Um but I'm sure he has other dates on the tour that you know our you know people's living rooms or gallery spaces yeah so i got a bad feeling that's not going to happen yeah that's
2: weird to think about too because even if you can ensure the safety and the distancing for your own event you've got someone coming in from who knows where the night before um there's there's a lot to think about sure
1: oh definitely so um to shift gears a little bit um when Sometimes bands come to me looking for advice. The one thing they always ask me is they say, how do I get into Mohawk Place? Just email Place at gmail.com. Is there a certain kind of music you're looking for? Is there a um, draw you're looking for? Well, if anybody
3: is familiar with the venue, they know what kind of shows we generally book there. And uh, if you're, you know, a mainstream country act, we're not going to book you. It's like we don't book tribute acts outside of like you know some you know silly things that you know we do on occasion. Um, you know we really don't book cover acts for the most part. Good, represent. And there's uh, plenty of other venues that do. So you know we right. try to keep it to original music the best we can because there's so few outlets for it. And uh, you know we're not that concerned about the draw. Granted. We'd like you to be able to, yeah, in a decent-sized crowd. But uh, you know, um, if you're not going to, you know, sell up 237 people out, we're not going to be overly concerned about it. Sure. All right.
2: no it's a great-sized room, and obviously, has it been many, many years in uh, the mind's eye as a Buffalo staple <laughs> to play. Uh, have you, in your memory, like favorite shows of all time that you organized?
3: Um, Actually, a friend of mine had posted something on Facebook a couple days ago. It was like, what's one band that you saw that was absolutely amazing, that went absolutely nowhere and was never heard from again? And it was like immediately this band, uh, Some Action from uh, Brooklyn popped to mind, who are this great, great garage punk band in the uh, early 2000s. I had booked in maybe 2003, 2004. And, uh, yeah, they were just kick-ass. They played, like, 25 minutes. They le- left everybody, like, slack-jawed. And, you know, they vanished, like, a year later and never went anybody. Some actions only full length was called. The band that sucked the life out of rock and roll and killed <laughs> itself in the
1: process.
2: <laughs> oh, so it oh. was like on purpose. This was their oh, mission. Oh,
1: that fan- that's fantastic.
2: You know all the greats, man. I, I feel... Like there have been times in your company where I didn't really know much about who was playing, and it's always, it's always been like an ear opening and heart opening. If Marty but, had, we to had a lot, but
3: we had lots of it. lots of memorable shows there, and yeah, like the fact that you know people like the White Stripes, you know, played well their only Buffalo show there, and uh, we had um, you know the Creation, the legendary, uh, you know, '60s. You know, British mod band play there who, uh, you know, had the same management team as The Who, and, you know, the guitarist um, had everything he did ripped off by Jimmy Page. But they were great. And, they were like the nicest people, and they were traveling with their wives and their original roadie, who at the time I think was 73. <laughs> He's lugging all the equipment in. Oh, thank uh, this was back when uh, yeah, we were still doing food for the bands at Mohawk because there was still a kitchen there, there was still a grill behind the bar. So we'd always feed the bands a home cooked meal, and you know their wives did the dishes, and they were so thankful Aww. for everything that's
2: awesome so, so you have um obviously a curtailed calendar and you're you're picking it back up step by step right
3: now we've got uh, a few shows are desperately trying to uh you know flesh out but then you know once you know august september you know we've got things that the things that mohawk are generally booked like a solid nine months in advance. It's just right. the way things are. And I'm sure most venues in Buffalo are that way. Uh, and we've got shows now that are booked into next October, just awesome. with all the, uh, you know, rescheduling. Uh, so, you know, hopefully the rest of the country will get their shit together for, uh, okay. the uh, virus and, uh, things will start, you know, opening up safely everywhere else but uh, right now new york's looking really good our numbers are down to you know pretty much where they were right at the beginning of the pandemic
2: yeah no that's excellent so in your concert going i mean concert going and not concert organizing you you'd say you you've been to thousands of concerts right i yes. mean
3: I, you, I had to uh give a sworn deposition one time that i had been to thousands of concerts wow uh, there was a uh, incident that uh, the town ballroom back when it was still, what was it before it was a ballroom? I'm blanking. doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, there was a uh, band who had an altercation with a fan who jumped up on stage. And uh. uh, I won't mention the band because I'm, yeah, I'm kind of friends with them. And Hey, they may be coming back in September if uh, things don't get canceled. Uh, but anyway, um, the uh, singer kind of knocked this drunken idiot off the stage. Uh, the singer, mind you, is like five, six, and you know, 140 pounds, and this was like some muscle-bound bro who had jumped up on stage, um, and um, I think he just kind of fell off the stage. But anyway, he apparently broke his arm, and um, he didn't know it at the time because he was back to jumping around like a drunken asshole for like the rest of the show because uh, Susan and I were right up in front and, uh, yeah, he was spilling beer on everybody, but, uh, he ended up suing the, uh, venue oh, the band, the, uh, booking agent, everybody he could think of. And uh, so Susan and I both had to go in and give a sworn deposition. Wow. And it was like, uh, you know, it was like a good 45 minutes for each of us separately, you know, the same day. It's like, well, Mr. Borden, um have you ever attended a rock and roll performance before <laughs> um, uh, yes yes i have uh, have you attended more than one um yes i have um could you tell me approximately how many uh rock and roll performances you have attended um I don't know, ten thousand? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um have they you, had an
2: eyewitness yeah. in both of you, but also expert witnesses. There you so go. They yeah, called in as an expert witness in a concert. Yeah, but, uh,
3: I forget. I think the case ended up getting dropped because this is something the guy did frequently, including like you know slipping on the floor in the supermarket and suing things like that. Oh so, Jesus Christ! Yeah, you know, I I just heard this uh, last fall when the. Singer from the band is back in town again and we got the talking uh backstage.
2: You probably get all the stories on that end as well. I mean
3: Oh yeah. Well that's that's one of the things too, is I frequently put the bands up at my house. So for years, um, you know God, going back thirty years had this idea of doing like a reverse road film where instead of like filming the band on the road, (laughs) um, I just have a camera crew in and just film the bands around my breakfast table. And um, you know, you get all these like weird, you know, coincidences. It's like everybody has pretty much the same political mindset. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, and this is, you know, back when I was like, you know, booking Cajun bands and Celtic bands and, uh, you know, my old girlfriend going back, you know, 25, 30 years, we were involved with Buffalo Friends of Folk Music. So, you know, we were bringing big name, you know, Celtic musicians and we we're bringing, you know, you know, odd Canadian, you know, folk rock performers in and it was like everybody would have kind of like the same the same basic discussion at the breakfast table which is kind of amusing and uh, i figured that you know we could have like you know 20 bands you know over the course of a year film and then you know they'd spend you know six months editing this thing to something coherent and then they could you know debut it at the south by southwest film festival where you know three quarters of the bands would be there for, you know, the music festival anyway. And, uh, and I talked to like several honest to goodness filmmakers and they go, it just seems like a lot of work having to do all that, including, <laughs> um, what's his name? Um, uh, Mark Duplass, because oh, wow. yeah. he stayed with me a couple times because his old band Volcano, I'm still excited. I'm so excited. Volcano. I'm so excited. Uh, played Mohawk a couple times. That's so cool and uh and back then it's like yeah me and my brother are starting to do movies too and it's like cool it was like you know baghead came out and then yeah. you know, all of a sudden he's like you know in major you yeah. know major studio films and you know a regular on you know an hbo series oh, and yeah, another yeah. hbo series start on the start on the league on uh FX. yeah yeah so so, so I, like, I would still like to be able to
1: do that. If anybody knows any filmmakers out there. I think that, you should. I've been watching. Yeah, well, yeah we we, we got to find some. Oh, it would be hilarious. And, and really, the, the moral of the whole story is, is you need to go to all these local shows and see all these bands. Because some of them are going to make it big and be really cool. And then you're going to be like, boy, I wish I could have seen Mark Duplass at the yeah. place.
2: Sure. I just watched the Blind Melon documentary. The all I can say it's Shannon Hoon's tapes as he recorded himself through the you know 5 years prior to his death and really that kind of stuff was so ahead of its time, but in the thinking of just what you capture by accident, these conversations and these bands and the, the stringing of the philosophy.
3: <laughs> oh, it's like having people like Sharon Jones and the Dap King staying at my house. And it's Dude. like, you know, there was like 40 people at the show on a Tuesday night at Mohawk, you know, right before you know she exploded. And, um, you, know, well, you know, a lot of cases like that where, you know, bands, you know, end up going places.
2: You're such a humble down to earth kind of guy and you can have a conversation with just about anybody. Is there anybody that you've met where you were like a fanboy where you just couldn't help with your excitement for having had hosted them at your yours
3: really pretty cool. The only one that kind of threw me was Davy Allen from the Arrows, like the old surf band from the sixties, you know, blues theme was like the big hit and they did, you know, soundtracks, the biker films. And the thing was he just came off as like a star which was kind of weird because he was never like that big you're both sitting there going who the fuck is Davey Allen um but uh no he was just he just exuded this persona of like this you know major musical figure which in some circles he is but, you know, I've you know, had bands like The Flesh Tone stay with me, you know, half dozen times. And like, you know, Peter Zarumba, the singer who also hosted a, you know, MTV show for a couple of years and um, works as a record or a food critic in New York also. Sure. You know, he helped, you know, fix dinner for Susan's parents' bridge club next door. <laughs> and, you know, Peter's schlepping food over to, you know, 70 year old. You know, ladies playing
1: bridge—that's awesome—and uh, enjoying did it immensely. Your question,
2: Ryan Garnett?
1: What, what your question? Did you think it I was- do? And we're running out of time, so this will be the last question. Um, so you've you've seen the the long history of Buffalo music. So there's probably certainly been ebbs and flows in the quality and the condition, if you will, of the scene. Where do you think it is right now?
3: Um, that's a good question. Um we've got like some really amazing bands in Buffalo who actually get on the road frequently, but they don't seem to get the coverage in Buffalo. Yes. And I think it's the fact that we don't really have, uh, a local weekly anymore that used yeah. to push these things and would, you know, have their own events. Uh, the Buffalo news has been just stripped of, uh, All you know, yes. yeah. anybody that can That's do sad. anything. It's like, you know, <laughs> get Jeff Myers, uh, you know, at a table in the bar some night. You get him bitching. Uh, and it's like, I mean, he's just so dedicated, and his hands are just so tied for, you know, what they can promote. I mean, you got a band like Handsome Jack who's like touring wow. Europe twice a year, you know, playing stadiums, uh, and you know they, you know, you know, draw a hundred people in Buffalo, and you know, get no notice. Uh, radio is sucked in Buffalo for decades. And uh, I blame 97 Rock for, uh, you know, at least 50% of the problems in the, the uh, music scene in Buffalo. Why them in particular? Um, just, you know, their whole, you know. Their format. The, yeah, stick to the classic rock format. And, yeah. Uh, and I'm friends with people who work there. And, and that's why the cover... And, band I mean, spoke at Susan's funeral. It's like, but, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, she can't do anything either. It's like, you know, it's... You know, it's all a a big format thing, and uh, you know, back when I was in college, you know, we had you know major local radio stations who were promoting local bands
1: like crazy. Yeah, um, you know, band like Callus back in the day. Alright, cool. Well, Marty, thank you very much for joining no, us. Thanks for having me. Happy to with it. Appreciate it. Um, we are going to go into a break. We are going to play a brand new song, a new single from Astrobula. and uh, this is called Bomb Pop Vodka here on the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music podcast on westernnewyorkmusic.com. We've been drinking Bomb Pop Vodka
0: for the past few weeks, and I've got to say I feel something coming over me. I've broken down the barriers. I'm breaking my own rules to be... Here with you, you make me feel alive. We're both indecisive, but we know we want to live life as well, dying young over and over, falling over. away the harder days And drink to all the things we say That make us think This is crazy And I know It seems a little bit odd When I see what you're thinking You tell me to stop But I can't help you're the one Do you remember the time I asked you out like Donnie go When I changed my relationship status Right before you said yes This isn't a coincidence This is a connection And I know that it's spooky but make me feel alive If I could wake up every day and see your face I bet the nightmares would run away Anticipation is sobering I wanna pull the moon down just to make the tides fall at your the coastal cities drown from our beachfront property. And I know it seems a little bit odd when I say what you're thinking. You tell me to stop, but I can't help but think you're the one. Do you remember the time? you out like Donnie but when I changed my relationship status right before you said yes, this is no a coincidence, this is a connection, and I know that it's spooky, but you make me feel
1: And we are back here on the struggle is real buffalo music podcast that was bomb pop vodka by astra bula following our interview with uh mohawk place booking guy marty boraton and marty's just another one of those guests like anthony who we had last time like we could just dedicate a whole season to his stories and it would be super awesome
2: and as he said especially the idea and the notion of like videotaping the indie bands that roll through or you know any band that rolls through his kitchen for breakfast table talk, I'm I' down for that kind of documentary. I would watch that all day.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd watch the shit out of that. Like, Give me see, some
2: popcorn, right?
1: Yeah, no, no. I'm gonna. I, I might actually see if I have people who are interested in that because that sounds like a cool thing. If Marty really wants to do it,
2: it was a college dream of mine to host a band in breakfast, like a bed and breakfast. For <laughs> you know, little recording studio in a barn somewhere in the nice. No, you know, a girl can dream.
1: Yeah, I at least like hosting the bands when I can when they come into town now. I think that's a lot of fun. It kind of makes me makes me feel young again. Because it's all about the stories. You get so many it great really stories. It really is. You know, like even, you know, the show from Saturday, like, You know it was a cool show i'm happy i went i'm happy i played the crowd was great but like what i'm gonna remember most from the evening was kind of hanging out with the lasketeers and talking to them a bit about their upcoming plans and maybe then they want us to come out to new york and i gave them an offer for another show in buffalo and just like for me like getting to know those people is such a big part of it right
2: those connections and then you hope that like those connections are going to sustain
1: touring as we're able to hopefully
2: right right
1: So, I got a couple things I want to talk about. First off, I almost forgot to mention this. Buffalo Infringement Festival is online July 23rd to August 2nd.
2: A virtual infringing.
1: Um, So, yeah, it's all going to be online. Uh, You can catch links at infringebuffalo.org, which is kind of the the regular website. Um, A lot of the videos, if not all of them, will be available on Facebook. Uh, We'll be streaming them, like, night of, as we would if the festival was really happening. And then... Also, super excited, uh, com is going to be uh, hosting the videos afterwards for Infringement Festival.
2: Awesome. So there's
1: any of those three places, you can check it out. And um, I'm really happy to have Infringement working with Western New York Music just because I think – I think every musician should at least know infringements happening and then make the decision whether they want to do it or not rather than not know it's happening. So I think it puts that front and center. And I think just as a website that tries trying to, you know, get an archive of things together, I think having those festivals on there have value for us too. So I think it's a really good, it's synergy. That's, I get to use that unironically.
2: Yeah. So So, I've been really down about the virtual infringing and everything else. And may I just say mm -hmm. just from a little sneak peek of what I've seen from the Broadway market um, and what I've, Heard As far as excitement from other groups getting their infringement performance, uh, you know together on video I think that it's a golden opportunity to have this actually curated for the archives because Infringement has for the last 15 years of infringing all of these little rough cuts of video um, that people are catching kind of by happenstance and this is an opportunity for the artists themselves to curate their you know best offering in a sense and that we'll always have that as this year as a strange hey remember the covid <laughs> year hopefully you know you know the joys of celebrating and infringing sight unseen together return but you know there is a bright side there definitely is a silver lining too
1: oh sure i and guess maybe
2: we're rich maybe you can share these videos you know and we'll have more
1: Yes, absolutely. Share them around. Uh, uh, Vince Lima, uh, formerly of the Scarecrow Show and currently of Eleni and the Uprising, is helping me do all that video editing.
2: And Always boss. awesome hair. Always oh, a awesome it's beautiful hair. Facing. Yeah, guy's uh, cool.
1: Um, but yeah, he came over today and we did the editing. And uh, opening ceremonies is basically all set. So we can have day one of the festival done and uh, I'm still going to be getting a few bits of film and literary videos in, but for the most part, everything's kind of ready to go. It's just a matter of uh, combining them into cohesive shows and then getting them up. So. Um, what no, if the infringement
2: proposals, uh, you know, dropped out once things went virtually?
1: I'd say we probably lost about 35%. Okay. Take.
2: I was going to say, I wonder what if half, you know, it's, it's a brave thing, though,
1: too, Ryan. That's very brave. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of these bands just haven't practiced. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense why they wouldn't be able to. And, you know, for a few of the ones that I didn't think would be able to, or that that's kind of why we set up some of the Broadway market stuff, too, was to make sure we got – some of it but no we we lost some people and that's sad but uh hopefully they'll come back next year and we still have like the content's amazing like like the opening ceremonies video has dar sombra who is like this wild psychedelic space galaxy group and then we have some of Astrea beaming which is kathleen ashwell playing cello and then we have steve myers and sonic wranglers doing just like a wild fuzzy rock performance. Like it's just it, it it's not infringement festival, but it feels really close. So I, I hope people enjoy it and, and we're really taking the time to try and make it as perfect as possible. So um yeah, keep an eye out for that. I'm there. Yeah, we'll have uh we should be putting up up event pages in the near future to kinda let people know when exactly everything's gonna be happening. So you can keep a lookout for that. So Um, yeah, I definitely wanted to mention that. And then, um, this is a segment that is somewhat overdue and it's about my friend, Scott Leffler. So, um, Scott Leffler for new listeners may or may not know runs, uh, all which is the former home of this podcast. I met Scott. Oh, geez. It's been a while now. I originally wrote for all WNY way back in the day. I wrote an article for Greg Burt. I wrote a few reviews and he ended up, constantly giving me music i didn't like and i'm like i can't write all these negative reviews like i just i'm like this isn't for me i'm just being a curmudgeon and i just kind of went on my way and greg's a great guy he was i don't think he had any anger or anything towards me and then about two or three years later after i became disabled i got a message from scott leffler saying i just bought or i'm taking over all wny i saw you wrote on it in the past do you want to write on it right there for the future and i'm like uh can i review stuff i like and he said yeah so the first thing he obviously sent me was a white polish rapper that went really well um but um we noticed we weren't getting a lot of uh submissions from area artists so like i was only having one review to write every three months so eventually it turned into me being like scott can you help me get review tickets and then i started doing those and that eventually I got to the point where I felt like I wasn't really capturing the je ne sais quoi of my speaking voice through the media of written word. That's the fastest sentence I'm going to use all day. Um, so I wanted to do a podcast and I asked him if I could, and he said, you can do whatever the hell you want. And I did. And the first eight episodes, no one wanted to come on really, for the most part. Like one of our guests was a guitar player that me and the me and the, the, the other host had in our band. Um, And, you know, we didn't know if people were listening. We didn't know what was happening. But after those eight people started listening and paying attention and that led to Infringement Festival for me, which led to Struggling Productions, which led to WNYmusic.com. And I just wanted to say somewhere publicly and upfront that none of this cool stuff that I'd be able to do was possible without Scott Leffler. And I should have made this thanks when we first left WNY, all WNY, uh, a couple episodes ago. And I didn't. And I think that's rude because... um, it didn't even really take him that much, but the things he's done for me have been uh, almost life-changing for what it's managed to do to me. I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have a podcast, if I didn't, if all that other stuff didn't grow out of it. I don't know where I'd be. I don't know what would happen to me, but I imagine it would be a lot less happy than it is now. Yeah. So, so raise a glass.
2: I was going to say, where is that clap? Yeah,
1: there we go. So Scott Leffler, here's to you.
4: He got two applause L- buttons. That's-
1: Literally the least that I owe him. <laughs> Alright, so next up we are going to be playing a track by um P three P three or Pepe. I don't know. I know the singer and I still don't remember how it's, I think it can be, really be go either way. So I'm going to go with P3P3. P3. Um, this is from a new album they made. Uh, I, they made it during quarantine time. So there aren't any drums, but uh, this is a song I really like on it. And it is called sunset Bay. It is from a new EP that he is. Uh, I don't know if he has released it or is releasing it, but um, go to P3P3's page which is P3P3 official. You can find them on Facebook. You can find all the information out there. But in the meantime, check out this song, which is called Sunset Bay here on the struggle is real Buffalo music podcast on Western New
5: sunset band That we'd face away from Sunset Bay
1: at Sunset Bay. And that was Sunset Bay by P3P3 here on the Struggler's Real Buffalo Music Podcast. You know what's fun
2: about that band? No one has to ask you how to spell their name.
1: Yes, that is nice. Isn't it? I never thought of that. Oh, I've, shit. it's definitely someone on, uh, the last cat called, uh, my band, uh, Elena in the uprising, I think.
2: Sure. Which yeah.
1: It's like close enough.
2: I almost <laughs> shouted a <"Elainey." laughs>
1: Me too. Actually. Like, yeah. Close enough. I've been called, she's been called worse. So, uh, that man, that's all we've got. So, um, yeah. I what number is this? What episode is this? this is episode 58. Holy smokes. 58. That's insanity. So join us next time. Um, uh, I'm going to have some form of audio from infringement festival from all the live performances. I'll be extracting it from the videos with proper uh, permission from the band. So we're going to have all of that really cool music. Um, we're going to have more time to get into what is a now growing list of local shows coming up. Um, I know for at least milkies, we've got, we're Doing, trying to get every Friday and Saturday, as long as as well as some of the Wednesdays where I'm going to be doing trivia there. You can find out about the trivia if you go to facebook.com backslash Struggling Productions. You can find the podcast at facebook.com backslash the Struggle is Real podcast, which you can also find on wnymusic.com, which is a much better place to go than Facebook. All right, folks. Well, that's that's what we have. Um, uh, c- check out episode 59. It might not be right on August 1st, just because I'm going to be finishing infringement, infringement and angry and yelling at everyone. Though so I will say lots less anger and yelling now that everything's already submitted anyway um we're gonna leave you folks with a song um it is by it is called vacay all day it is a new release by steve balesteri um it's, uh, this is like this is like real pure summer fun like radio pop so i think you folks will like it and i think it's a great way to leave everyone Does so feel good
2: hit of the summer is that what you announced the,
1: you know what it is yes it is
2: yo dj play my song
1: all right folks uh life is Fucking chaos. So be kind to everyone and uh, keep on struggling. La 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 la, la
4: la la la, la 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 la. Vacay, vacay, all day. Gotta take a break. It's gonna feel great. Gotta step away. That's where I wanna stay. I've been working, working, doing everything right. So far, so far, after those long nights. Time to pull back, hop on a flight, pour myself a drink, I just might. I'm not Making my dreams come true, but for the moment, that work is through. I got to recharge, my tank is running low. This is how it's gonna go. Make all day, don't care what they say. All together now, VK all day. Just need to walk away. Don't care what they say Vacay all day, vacay all day Gonna soak up some sun, throw back some drinks, and we're done all together now. La 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 oh. Vacay, vacay all day, la 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 I sing it with me la 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 I sing it with me now, la 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 oh. Vacay, vacay all day